everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of the Sporting Muppets. My name's Greg, and welcome to my partner in crime, Mike Gray. How are you, sweet mate? Very well, thanks, Greg. Good to hear from you. It's another, well, not the biggest week in sport, I've, I, I dare say, but all, always something happening. We'll have a chat, mate, shortly. We'll have to talk about the cricket, sadly. The disaster that was, my goodness. But yes, we do have to talk about it. In Delhi, look, there's other cricket, the Women's T20 World Cup, and a little bit around the traps traps of other sports. But but thanks, mate. I'm, I'm doing okay. We are a little bit sad. We had a, a death of a, our pet rabbit. One of our two pet rabbits passed away last weekend. So a little bit sad. That, that's not good, and, and I know how my, I know how much your kids love those two little rabbits. I've met the two rabbits myself personally, um, and I know that I know the the two kids love the rabbits. So that's 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 a bit sad to hear that. Yeah, no, that little Benji, he was a bit, yeah, yeah, no, he was a, a fine little bunny. I hope it's not a, a sort of omen for the South Sydney season. Surely not. The beauty of having pets, isn't it? Like you said, you get attached to them and that, and it is a good way of kids learning a little bit about the life cycle. But anyway, I digress. Well, we kick it off with the disappointment that was the cricket. Let's start at the, start at the bottom, and we can work our way up. Right. Can I get better from there? All right. Kick, you go for it, mate. You go first. Right. So, I, look, I don't have the, the actual precise scores in front of me, but it was... I don't think you need it. I think we'll get the gist. The gist was... A deba- so, look, it was a debacle. It was a competitive for two days. Really competitive. It was. Totally agree with you. It wasn't actually a debacle of a match. It was actually only Australia's second inning battings. It was a disaster. About one hour, a little over an hour. Yes, is all it took. Yes, yeah. The first innings was actually fantastic Test cricket. So Australia won the toss. I think that's Cummings' tenth toss out of eleven. He's won, and as you do in the subcontinent or most occasions, he we decided to bat first, and we batted not great, but we batted okay. We made. I thought they were okay. It was a reasonable so it was better than the first test. Yeah, so it was in the what mid two hundreds. Yeah, two two sixty. We did well because look, Warner didn't score. Usman batted really well on the first dig for eighty six odd. Hanscom batted well. Yeah, a few disappointing contributions. Lavashan and Smith, not a lot. But then the tail wagged a little bit, and it, well, about seven down. It looked looked like we could go for under two hundred again. But we managed to, you know, sneak our way over, like you said, around the 250 mark. So, look, probably 50 short, shorter than what we wanted. But in the first innings, not a, not a bad deal. So we thought, great. Then India. So India came out and did the same, really. Well, we're one one run ahead, weren't we? Yes. Yeah, it was. We went in setting innings one run ahead, right. So Sharmas, he batted beautifully for his, his, cap, his captain's knock. Once again, the, we... Had India on the ropes, really, seven or eight down for 180, 170, 180. And it was uh, Ax, Axel Patel again, mate, 80-odd. Same person, same from the first test. Yeah, we just could not Yeah, we just could not clean up the tail. And India, you know, they do know how to bat well in those conditions. And they just, yeah, we, if we hadn't been able to knock a few over, we could have gone in there 50-odd runs ahead after the first innings. And, and look, what I was saying, Nathan Lyon bowled really well in that innings. Oh, he bowled superbly, didn't he? Bowled really well. Um, yeah, the spin, spin attack bowled well. Look, Murphy was tied again. The debutant, Cunaman, he got a wicket or two. He didn't do a lot. I, I don't think he did a lot. But he was there. He was there. And look, but the bowling wasn't you – know, 250, if, if someone would say after the first innings in the subcontinent, you'll go in one run ahead, you'd take it probably. You'd be pretty happy, I reckon. Most Nine times out of ten, you'd be pretty happy with that. 
So things were looking good. So we went in one run ahead. Our second innings, I think we were overnight one for was it fifty odd? I watched that last. I watched those last innings that last, last session, um, and I went to bed. I watched it right to stumps and thought this is going to be good. And I actually flicked it on the next night to see where we're up to, and it was all over. It was all over. And I texted you. All over bar the shouting. Yeah, we we went. What was it that night? That end of the second day it was one for I think. Yeah, one for Warner. Warner had gone, but it was um. Yeah, just going back to our um. Sorry. No, you're right. Just it would be remiss. Sorry, going back to in, our innings that Jadeja bowled really well. You know the Indian spinners, Sami the paceman. He he um chipped in. When required, they bowled really well. You mentioned our bowlers also bowled well. But Warner, David Warner, he was really in the wars. He got a few chances. It took him you know, a lot of balls to get not many runs. He got hit in the elbow and also struck in the head and was subsequently subbed out of the game. Then So Renshaw got to come back in. Predictable results. Okay. Did it make a difference? And that's really sad. He's just totally out of form at the moment. It's really sad to see. Like, I know you said last week you think he's got a future in the Australian team and quite like him, but he's all out of sorts at the moment, that's for sure. I think India's the sort of place where if you're out of form, you ain't getting back into it. Yeah, it seems like that, doesn't it? You're not going to play yourself into form in the subcontinent. No, but the reason I think is because it's it's so hard to get in to face those first 20 balls. Now, if you're out of form on those pitches, it's very hard to last that long to you know try and get yourself into form. But anyway, one run ahead. And one for 50-odd at stumps, head batting really well. Was it Warner again or was it usually you got out early? But the next day, and I thought... Uh, Warner Warner didn't... He he, he retired because he didn't play the second inning. So it wasn't Warner. That's was, right, of course. Must have been Uzi got out. Yeah, that's right. Because head opened and Renshaw came, came into the middle order. So well, like you, Greg, I went out, I called the three. I had to go out for an hour and I'm thinking, great, 40, you know, it'll be about drinks when I get home, ready to watch the rest. I didn't know about the debacle. A mate texted to say, what a pathetic captain's shot. And I'm like, hang on, captain's shot? Cummings bats way down. I looked, I checked it, eight down they were. I I, I was just gobsmacked, absolutely gobsmacked. It was, yeah, I think they were at that time, they were eight for a little bit over 100. It was just disaster after disaster. So the way it went... It is as well documented. I, I don't think our listeners, many of our listeners don't know what happened. It was just once the first wicket fell on the second day, so at the second wicket that was, and they came out saying that, you know, we're going to be aggressive, we're going to take the game on. So obviously in a meeting or something, they decided we're going to sweep. We're going to sweep. Clearly, that was, a conversation. Clearly that was a conversation they'd had at some point. Had to. Now, however, not really the pitch to do it on because the bounce was so variable. So, you know, it's so easy to miss and just be struck on the pad plumb. And what was really surprising was it was obvious it wasn't working, but yet they couldn't change the, a plan B. They just kept doing it. It was, I know, it was like lemmings, isn't it? Jumping off the cliff or... Yeah, it was, yes. Really, look, some really not great shots. Steve Smith thought he was unlucky. It would have been, if it had been given not out, it would have been umpire's call, he would have stayed. But some of them, look, Labuschagne was plum. You mentioned Renshaw. Once again, he just can't do anything right. Look, Carey always looks like he's about to do something. That got out again on a reverse sweep. Yeah, well, he only did normal, traditional sweep or reverse sweep. They were the only shots he played. There was not another shot. And as mentioned, the most disappointing was Cummings. Yeah, you know, captain has to try and steady the ship. And first ball, he tries to sort of swog, slog sweep it out of the ground to have his car. It was, 
the commentators I thought were very lenient, and the commentators said how they were that I think they said that was an outrageous shot, that was terrible, and that was going easy on him. I thought it was just I'll rattle as as completely the best quote. You know, a mate sent through on the WhatsApp who uh, does listen to us occasionally, Ben Phillips. He just said they look unprofessional, underprepared. Certainly underprepared. I said, I think I mentioned that last week. I just they don't they don't look prepared for the subcontinent conditions at all. And we talked about that practice game, and I explained how they didn't because they got a green top last time. But even going over there and just practicing now for a bit longer, surely that could have helped. Yeah. It was conditions, I thought, Greg. But also we and we I know cricket coaches have been discussed a lot. And Andrew McDonald, what are they there for? If they can't change a strategy midstream, wasn't well, that the point of the coach? Isn't that to, point? <laughs> precisely? Know, whatever, whatever sport you're playing, you know, you design the draw up a play, draw up a strategy, design a strategy, but you got to change tactics. Not working, or try something different. But their strategy was the old World War One strategy. We'll, we'll just we'll just go out of the trenches, bayonets fixed, because we've done that the last hundred times, and they won't hundred and first. They won't be expecting it. It was just terrible. It was yeah, lack of imagination, lack of composure. I think could be the word, panic. It was just panic stations. And it's a bit like when the, in the Big Bash, isn't it? When you get a team three down and they, they can easily be bowled out within four overs. It's panic because they need runs or just no one just stops and says, hang on, if we just last a few overs and stem the tide, you know, we can build on this. And while I agree with you, you kind of get that in 2020 cricket where you got so few overs to play with. The, the important part of the strategy is to get build the pressure because the overs run out. This is test cricket. There was no rush. It was the third day of a five-day test. What was the rush? And first session of the first session of the third day. I, I, I don't even understand what the rush. Okay, I get they wanted to be a bit more aggressive. I, I do get the notion of it. But when you lose a couple of wickets quickly, slow down. Take your time a bit more. I, I just don't understand it. As I said, it's not like you know day five, middle session where you're playing for a win or draw or whatever. It was only first session of the third day. I. And they still knew India had a bat last. So the longer they could hang in there, you'd think the pitch would slowly, slowly deteriorate. If they could last till the fourth day or the fifth day, it's going to make it that much harder. Absolutely. They, they, they handed it to India nearly. They did. Would have, like you said, the pitch would continue, as you said, deteriorate, break up. Good quote I heard is New South Wales player. He played a few shield games. Greg Mayle. His name should have been Greg Snail. If you ever saw him play, oh, painful to watch, but a great technique. But apparently he said to someone in grade cricket, I forget whose book it was. might have been Ed Cowan's diary. And he was batting with Greg Mayle. And he'd say, you're so slow. And he'd just say, what's the hurry? you got all day, mate. And maybe Australia should have taken that strategy. Somewhere in the middle, at least. You know, I just, I, I do. I get the notion they want to be more aggressive as a team. I get that. But, you know, read the room as well. This is not working. This is where... Slow down a bit. I don't know. that, And that is where people who are blasting the coach have a right to. But surely the coach's role is to say, this is ain't working. That's what football coaches do at the time. They have to. They have to think on the run. That's right. And they just couldn't seem to do that. So anyway, bold. And even Kuhneman's shot for a number 11, okay, it doesn't matter. But as as they said, the sweep, which is extremely hard, reverse sweep is even harder. So the number 11 decides to pull it out. Just ridiculous. It summed it up well, didn't it? It was just about. It did. It so did. we went in. It was, a... was it 112 in front, approximately around that yeah, margin? Yeah, about that. I was going to say. I was going to say 110, but yeah, that ball, that ballpark. And India know. lost four wickets. Yeah. So it shows you how if we had another even 50, 60. If we had been 200 ahead, it would have been competitive. That would have been a it very tricky been a total, total. It would have been a total you could have bowled out something to bowl at, definitely. But because of the you know, shameful 
collapse in that second innings. It was just too, yeah, wasn't enough runs to play with. Yeah. So really, really, really disappointing, as we said about 100 times. Where to now? Well, Warner has gone home. Pat Cummings has gone home, but he's coming back. Warner's injured and gone home because of, well, apart from the concussion, he's got a hairline fracture in his elbow or arm or forearm or something. Ashton Agar's gone home, not to return. As you said, Pat Cunnings has gone home but going back for the third test. If Renshaw hasn't gone home, he should be because, unfortunately, he's not contributing anything. What they're going to do next. And as we've agreed, Greg, the bowling is not the issue. No, I think the bowling attack, where they... I don't know whether you go with the three spinners again. They're talking about it because they're talking about bringing Schwepson in and dropping that that other new fella and swapping him over with Schwepson for the next test. We'll see. Kuhneman, yep. Yeah, so they're still talking about going the three spinners again. Oh, uh, Hazelwood gone home, not to return. Yeah, that's right. So he didn't play a single test, did he? No, he hasn't played, but he's also gone home not to play. Right. But Stark and Green probably, hopefully, will be fit. Would be available where they play and where they put the... You know, I think you'd play Green because... Try the all-rounder notion. Yeah, the all-rounder. Yeah, that one available for selection. I think Swepson has to play. You know, he's leggy, more spin. Kuhneman didn't do anything really. I didn't. Like you said, he, he wasn't a disgrace. But I was going to say, it wasn't bad, but he didn't, didn't it was never look threatening. like... No, that's what I'm trying to say. He never looked like he was going to take a wicket either. It was not threatening. Yeah, and the ball was spinning enough. And if it's not spinning, well, because every ball he bowled nearly was a straight ball. And when there's no spin with it, well, there's no, <laughs> no element of surprise, is there? All right, lots to ponder. The Australian selectors are going to have to earn their money. Well, I guess the other question, it's certainly in the media at the moment, and looking forward to the Ashes, where does, does is Warner done? Is Does Warner get back in, or is he done now in Test cricket? Yeah, they were very coy. What Tony Dodder made was, was very coy. I personally think he's not done. Not that he's going that well. The reason being, you know, media, people often say, yep, yeah, get rid of whoever. But you've got to have someone as good to put in there, or better. And the thing is, if you get rid of him now, who are you going to put in? Well, that's true. That is, I, I do see your point. But I was thinking the other way. I don't know. Maybe his time has come, and he's never performed particularly well in England anyway. Like, they're talking about going forward to the Ashes. That is true. England has never been his strength. The uh, ball does too much, doesn't it? And, and if you, you know, you talk about horses for courses, which was some of their argument for some of the selections in India, there are other players that have batted much better, with much better averages in English conditions than Warner. And as funny as this sounds... Someone who has done really well playing over their county cricket is Matthew Renshaw, who has batted, who has opened the batting for Australia. Yes. So I, I look, I don't know, but I just I can see both sides of that argument. Whether it is time, he's certainly at the back end of his career. Whether you oh, he hasn't got on the go regardless. You know, yeah. Do you do you do it on an Ashes series, change over an Ashes series, or do you wait till after that? Yeah, something to ponder once again for our hardworking selectors. He's not like Steve Smith that's reinvented himself, and Steve Smith is not at the end of his career, but at the back end of his career, but look how he's reinvented himself and not so much in India, but up until then has been so competitive and hasn't been out of form. Quite the opposite, actually. Yeah, and is it try to give those blokes... Okay, they've, they've tried Harris, haven't they? They've tried Harris and that, but hey, maybe give those blokes, you know, an Ashes tour to say, right, here's your opportunity. We, you know, so some of the old wood, the dead, not has gone, the dead wood is gone. Show us what you can do. Because you're, you're right, Greg, you can't keep, you know, father time's catching up. It's only going to be a couple, one or two years at the tops anyway. Warner's been out of form, not just in India, before that. I mean, he's been out of, I mean, hasn't scored a lot of runs in the last 18 months. No, it was only that double, that big century, wasn't it? At Boxing Day, I think it was. And apart from that, it's, yeah, his average, would, I think his average is only 20 something and it would be way below. That's, I think it is. It's like 28, I think I read in the last 18 months or two years. Take out that, take out that big century. He'd be, under, be, about, he'd be, be less 20. than 20. Yeah. No, it says a lot, doesn't mm. it? So I don't know. Yeah, but 
you're right. The the selectors are going to earn their money. Definitely are. And as we have said, look, and the bowling's not the issue. No, they've got to get the batting line up right. And if our bowlers stay fit, the pace bowlers, you know, England's a, a happy hunting ground. Yeah, it'll suit, you know, Hazelwood and the like. I think Green will bowl well in England. Yeah, I think Green should bowl well, obviously Stark, Cummings. T- totally, um, Hazelwood's perfect for England. Really strong bowling lineup. Just speaking of England, Greg, to be said, congratulations. Not that they're our favourite people at being Aussies, but Stuart Broad and... James Anderson got there or combined a thousand test wickets. I did see that in the media, and look what a bowling duo for so long, for nearly as long as you know. Been watching cricket a long time, and they're in my history, my memory. They've been there a long, long time. Well, five years ago, wasn't it? Oh, like oh, last Ashes tour. Yeah, Anderson. This will be his last one. And he's still going, and he'll be playing in the next one. Like he'll be playing in this one. Well, they're they're in New Zealand right now, aren't they? Playing. I think they're playing in New Zealand right now. The England and Broad and Anderson. And as you said, they're both ready to line up for the, the Ashes this year at, in their home in England in July, July August. So. Remarkable durability. And I think look, Warner McGrath. I think they have Warner McGrath. I know had a thousand, but obviously Warren had seven hundred of those. But those two two pace bowlers to combine for a thousand—that's that's outstanding. That is brilliant, amazing, and, and as not our favourite being Englishman, but credit to them, a sportsman, credit to them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that's the second test in Delhi. So the Border Gavaskar Trophy is gone, and India retain that. So now we're the old-fashioned playing for pride. And the way they've performed the first two, they need to step up because it's pretty bad. Well, if that's how they. If that's how we perform with silverware on the line, I'd hate to think what we're going to dish up when there's really nothing to play for. That said, there is a little bit, that test championship, I think. Oh, to get to the test championship in England, yes. So hopefully that might spur our boys our boys on to, you know, just try and, well, if not, if not win the next two, but be a lot more competitive for the duration. Make it competitive and go more than two days, two and a half days. That's what, it's certainly what they need to do. <laughs> yes, that would be great. Um, just moving on, Greg, or still on cricket, but the women, I know you've been following the women's C20. Yeah, yeah. So they've been, uh, as we talked about, they've topped their pool. They're up to the semifinals now. They play India, as it turns out. Australian women play India. Women in the semifinal of the T20 Women's World Cup. Um, that's tonight. So that's Thursday night, Australian time. I think it's about 11.30 our time that match starts in South Africa. So they've been extremely dominant in the matches they've played, but obviously they're really serious in now. And and the Indian women are quite strong as well. Yeah, they've got some big hitters. I do expect Australia to win, but I think it'll be a competitive match. And that's what happens, isn't it, in the big games? The, the other teams step up and they just hope really that Australia, have we have a, a not a great game and they play out of their skin. That's exactly right. And in T20 cricket, that sort of thing can always happen. It can happen. Such a short game, so. But I must, I must say, how is our depth? Like I saw in a previous game, well, I think Healy might have been rested, out injured. But Meg Lenning didn't make runs. Perry didn't make runs. But someone else, I forget who it was, just stepped up. Like you know, you you, you think you're on top, and someone else. Sometimes it's even you know in the past it's been the eight or ninth batsman. Yeah, that women's team is amazing. Such they bat, you know, they bat just all the way down. Nearly all of them can bowl. A strong fielding team. <laughs> They're just the uh, complete package, really. They really are. And, and at all, not just T20, at all levels of international women's cricket, they are world number one. They're outstanding. So I will, if I don't get to watch any tonight, I'll certainly flick it on next weekend for the final when they, hoping they make it through. Um, I'll try and flick someone later. I'll try and flick someone later tonight. But if I miss it, I'll make sure I'm around for the final, should they make it. And let's face it, the odds are very high that they will. 
Okay, so we might leave cricket now, Greg. Um, NRL, we won't speak too much because we're, we're going to have a big week next week with NRL predict as the season is about to start. But Do a bit of a full season preview next week, I think. Yeah, I think so. But the trials, trial games were played and there was plenty of them. How much We spoke last week about how much do you actually buy into trials. But of course, two weeks ago, the Tigers were bad against the Warriors, so their season was gone. But now people are getting excited. Your Dragons, though. I'm not being too harsh on them because trials are trials. But if you are someone that takes, you know, actually takes in for, takes heart, takes them to heart, by geez, it could be a long season. They're awful. And I know what we said about trials, and I, I, I do stand by it, but they they are awful. And as I said to you just before we started recording, they're already in the media for off-field altercations. We haven't even started the season yet. It, it's not boding. Yeah, not a good sign. It's not boding well for the season, which I did predict. I'd never, I said to you, I think they're wooden spoon or very close to it this season, which is sad, but nothing I've seen has changed my mind at the moment. No, they're... Like you said, not gelling well on the field, trouble off the field, coach under pressure, everything sort of... Coach was under pressure before the season even started and nothing I've seen has changed there. In fact, probably more pressure on him again. And we've said this before, if he does get the sack, who are they going to bring in? There's no one out there. Nathan Brown? Like, who do you no. bring in? And if they just, if they, no. and if they just recycle one of the old has, as they do in coaching circles, I mean, that's just how, what's some his, old... That's how Griffin got the job. He was recycled... Failed at two clubs and recycled. And if they're going to do that, like, I don't know, Michael McGuire or someone, they might as well just keep Griffin. Because yeah, I agree with you. If they're going to get a, you know, someone like Nathan Brown or Michael McGuire, stick with what you've got. Why why cost the money to pay out and start again? You may as well just finish the contract and start fresh after that. That's right. And you know the result's going to be the same anyway. Exactly. Exactly. No. Look, we will have a good talk about it, but yeah, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a very long season for the Dragons, sadly. But I think that's the way it's going to be. Also, the Dolphins probably showed that they are going to have a tough season. Yes. Yeah, they'll, they'll outplay. They scored in their trial. They scored some points late, but it was... That was against the Gold Coast, wasn't it? I Gold Coast, I think. Yeah, they'll dominate it. Um, the charity, charity Shield, we mentioned, you know, South look Dragons awful. Drag, um, Rabideaus look good in the Charity Shield. Other games, I didn't... I caught a little bit. I guess Penrith losing the World Club Challenge was a yes. bit of a probably... And it was only a point, I know, but that was probably not, not expected. I think Penrith, although it was a pre-season for us, I think Penrith were probably still expected to win that at home. They were. Look, St. Helens played really well. Mm. They beat St. George, but as we know, St. George and Penrith are light years apart. So it, it was predicted that Penrith would win quite quite easily. But St. Helens, it, it just showed the gap or the, the not-so-big gap between the top Super League clubs. And I do emphasise top because there's a huge difference there between the top. Now, the... Your um, Wigan and St. Helens and Catalans, then, you know, with yourself, food or whoever's towards the bottom these days, Wakefield or whoever it might be. Um, yeah, because they defended really well. The defence has always been, you know, a big difference, but they defended really well. Um, yeah, they just ne- would not go away. And it, it would have been a travesty. I don't know if you saw it, Greg. I didn't. I only saw the score the next day. I actually didn't catch any of the game. Yeah, look, they really dominated. It, it was one of those ones, I think they were leading 12 6 with a minute and a half to, to go, and they should have scored. They should have scored, and I didn't. And I went up the other end, and you just knew this is going to be one of those that Penrith are going to score, go there extra time, and kick a field goal. And so, of course, I went up there, kick. St. Helens fullback dropped it, tried a Penrith. Not an easy conversion from Cleary. Never looks like missing extra time, but not quite the way I thought it would. St. Helens got the first opportunity, and they nailed it. That was probably a bit of an upset. Probably depend with Will to have a bit of a loss early on. 
keep them honest. I don't think it'll hurt Penrith, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't think so either. Probably have a really good, solid hit out. A real... It, it's probably the most serious trial game that I've, you know, we've had so far, to be honest. Like, when you think about it. Most genuine, most genuine inverted commas trial game. Yeah. And look, being out here, yes, they would have liked to have won it. But it was, well, A, it was good to see the Pommies come out because that hasn't happened for a long time. And for them to win it, well, it's great for the game, obviously. But as you're saying, Penrith won't lose a lot of sleep over over the result. I did feel really good, though, for the, there was about a thousand odd really loyal St. Helens supporters who made the trek. That's pretty impressive, isn't it, to make the trek for that? Yeah. You know, into our summer, I guess. So leaving England this summer year, you're not missing much. That's true. Yeah, good point. But I was saying in the coverage, like Penrith, they put a lot. They, yeah, one of their bars, many bars at Panthers, they had it. They changed it to British theme, and I was selling like pie. No, it was pork pie. This is the stuff they love. People from the north of England made them feel right at home. That's good. Um, yes, and they would have got to uh, use Penrith, the Panthers facilities, well into the evening, Saturday evening, I predict. Sure, they did. I'm sure they made the most of those facilities for quite a few hours in the early morning. So well done to the St Helens fans who. Who made the trek and yeah, well went went home with the went home with the spoils. Totally agree. Totally agree. Ah, oh, good, good on them. Now, Greg AFL, just a little bit of news. You may have heard there's been a Collingwood um, Collingwood player charged with drugs. You know, with the use of recreational drugs. Look, obviously, anything is a big deal in the AFL. The AFL world, they're huge. You know, anything at all that happens is always well well reported, discussed, dissected. And all that. Look, to me, it's a bit of a yawn fest, you know, so so common and all the rest of it. But hey, it's dominated down there. So I think, but to the, I can't forget the player's name, but to his credit, he didn't do the old, oh, this happened, obvious oh, happened. He just said, yep, yeah, I was a dickhead, owned it, took the two week ban, whatever it is, move on. Move forward. I noticed there was trial matches on AFL tonight, actually. I don't know who, I can't think who was playing who, but I know there were some trial matches. They start the week after the NRL, don't they? One week later, I think. They do. I think it's about a week later. And yeah, because like the NRL, the AFL have tried to, you know, spark up their trial games, but they are what they are. They're, they're games, the games that mean nothing. But necessary. 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 We've said it before. Necessary. We've got to get the players on the park. They want to get out and play and get a bit match fitness. You know, you're in all sports. You can work in the gym as much as you want, but match fitness is a very different thing. And the only way you get that is by being on the field or on the court, whatever sport might be. And that's partly, you know, go th- get those cobwebs out in games, even though that while they don't count, I guess. One thing I will say about AFL, they do do a strange thing though, which perplexes me in the professional era. They they do have scratch matches in the preseason, inter-club match, like inside. You now they play against each other, and to me, it's just like, well, if you don't have an injury, guess guess it's going to be one of your players. Yeah, that 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 I don't understand. Look, look, I know you have contact sessions at training, but it's a little bit of difference than a full-on game, and you know that. that Particularly if they're playing as a full-on game, which I assume they are for the purpose of it. Yeah, look, I don't play four quarters or anything. No, it's normally you know a couple of quarters. But it's full-on, but it, but it's proper scratch. You know, you're trying to impress coaches. The younger blokes are trying to play for their spot. You know, trying to be included in the squad. So it's full-on. It's no, you know, no holds barred. And yeah, I've, I always shake my head when I hear they have a scratch match. It's all. There's only yes. There's only if there's injuries. There's only going to be one outcome. But hey, that's that's how that's how I've always done it in AFL, and that's that's what they do. Greg, you're into your court. Well, the other bit of AFL just before we yeah, jump sure. off. The other bit of I was reading about today was the ongoing notion of a team license being given to Tasmania. Oh, okay. And I saw I was reading today. Um, McLaughlin, Gil McLaughlin, was saying that yes, there'll be a nineteenth license for Tasmania, as long as a new stadium is built. 
Right. An indoor stadium in Hobart, I think I've heard news of. Well, I, it is a new stadium in Hobart. That's the plan. I think it is indoors. I think it is a roof, a retractable roof of about 20... In, in Tasmania. Well, wow. 27,000, 30,000 people. So not a huge stadium, but it's a state of only 800,000. So makes sense. But the argument is no other team has had that condition to get a license. So all of a sudden, Tasmanian, to get this license, now need to have a new stadium. Now, my, I, I think that's ridiculous because they already play AFL games in Tasmania every year. Hawthorne, I think, is one of the teams that take games down there every year. Yep. Hawthorne play Avalon's Teston. And... Is it North Melbourne have played games down there regularly as well? Yeah, yeah, the Kangaroos. North Melbourne play out of um, Blundstone Arena. So if the facilities are good enough for those teams to play down there regularly now, why is there this condition for a brand new stadium for a Tasmanian team? Very good question. I don't get it. And I personally think Tas- I, I personally think Tasmania should get a license. Oh, so do I. In all honesty, in AFL. Oh, it's an AFL mad state. It's provided players for the, v- for the AFL, strike BFL, for many, many years. Yes, not a big population, but they're footy mad. They're a bigger population than some of the suburbs in Melbourne that have their own team, like North Melbourne still have their own team. And Tasmania, yes, it's only a small state, but have a bigger population than North Melbourne. Oh, certainly. You know, and So I I don't fully, and I'm not a, like you're more into AFL than me, I do follow it peripherally. I, no, it just baffles me that it seems like it's a, it's a fake yes to me. Yes, we can have it, but are these conditions where if they were genuine, they'd just say, yeah, look, start at Bloodstone and then build a stadium. Hmm. So it, it, yeah, it does seem like yeah they're, they're putting they're putting obstacles in the way to, to say no 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 we want you yes you can but but but, but you got to yeah. yeah do this and so then that I, and then this and then that but look good luck to the to the to the Tasmanians I hope they get their team up and running I do hope they get I really do I hope they get their team up and running as well I I, I genuinely do if they've gone the nineteen long term they're going to look for twenty aren't they they've got to go to twenty make it even and like the NRL have to do what they're up to seventeen this year they're going to go to eighteen eventually as well and they AFL yeah, they I do take the nineteenth where the where the twentieth would be yeah you're right mm, that'd be that'd be interesting to see what they're thinking but yeah but good luck good luck to to Tassie. Yeah, no, it was just something I was reading today, which I've been following a little bit and been interested in. So, yeah, we'll see what comes of that. But hopefully they'll get it in the next, you know, five years. There is a licence given to Tasmania to establish an AFL team. Yeah, no, I think it would be great. And I think people on the mainland would still have a great interest in it. I agree. I think they would too. You know, like the basketball when they started the Jack Jumpers down there, the Jack Jumpers are like everyone's second team on the mainland. Yeah. They've just established such a strong culture. The underdog. Underdog, you know, yeah. Their, their mantra is defend the island. I really like that. You know, that's their hashtag, their mantra. We defend the island. I like that. Yeah. And it's like the the people look at the way Tasmania's been established the last two seasons and they respect the, the way they play, the messages they send, their community engagement. They've done all the right things. And, you know, I, I follow the basketball community and Tasmania's nearly everyone's second team on the mainland. I think that's a really good place to be. Yeah. I think that's awesome. So, and I think the AFL could be the same. Oh, I don't disagree. Yeah, you know, I think yeah, a lot of people will adopt them as their as their second team. So anyway, we'll watch this space and hopefully it comes. Yeah, as it's probably be, you know three, four, five years, I'm sure. But and they need a lead in time to establish a club like that to be competitive. But hopefully it does come to fruition for them. I think they they deserve it. Hoops. All right, a bit of hoops. I'll go around the ground. So the hoops, the men's, the NBL, the men's as we're down to the final two. As predicted, the two teams that finished one and two are now into the grand final series. That's Sydney and New Zealand. Sydney beat Cairns in their best of three semifinals, two games to one, and New Zealand beat Tasmania in their semifinals, two games to one. Both really good competitions, competitive 
They all went home matches. So New Zealand won twice. In New Zealand lost in Hobart. Sydney lost in Cairns but won the two at home. Now their series doesn't start till next weekend. It's actually a weekend off and it's because it's a FIBA World Cup window this weekend. So all, all FIBA sanctioned leagues around the world have to stop for four days over this weekend, play the World Cup qualifiers. Now Australia's already qualified for the World Cup, which starts in August. But they are playing dead rubbers. They are playing. They played tonight against Bahrain, the powerhouse that is Bahrain. The powerhouse Bahrain. <laughs> and they play on Sunday afternoon, which is in Melbourne. They played in Bendigo tonight, and they play again in Bendigo against Kazakhstan on Sunday afternoon. Another powerhouse. Another powerhouse. So it is about a fifth string Australian team. I have to say they. They. I just turned off just before we came on air. I think they're they're up by about 40, 30, 40 points against Bahrain and the dead rubber, and they'll. Probably be about the same in, against Kazakhstan on Sunday. And then f- next Friday is the first of the best of five series against Sydney and New Zealand. And the first game is in Sydney. So that'll kick off the grand final series, which will be should be a good series. I, I, think it'll, I think it'll go to five. I think they'll win home court. I think Sydney will win. I really do. But I think New Zealand will be competitive. Yeah, two best teams, aren't they? Oh, they have been all season. Consistently the best teams. And look, New Zealand... A bit of a fairy tale, you know. Over the two COVID seasons, they spent the base the whole time in Australia, perched in Melbourne and Tasmania, played all their home games in Tasmania or Melbourne, didn't get to go home for two seasons, all the rest of it. Now, a normal season, and they're finished second in the grand final. So, pretty pretty good fairy tale story for them. I think that's that's a it's a great achievement, isn't it? Yeah, I think a lot of their players gave up a lot for this. Um, the competition continue, and they're, now they're getting there. I, I think it's credit to them, and they deserve it. I, I think so, and it's. I agree with you, Greg. I think it'll, it'll be very competitive. It will be. I would like to, to see if there are any away victories. Oh, I do. I'd love to. I'd. I, I mean, personally, I'd love to see New Zealand get up and beat Sydney. Sydney have been the benchmark all year. I can't. I don't love Sydney, but I can't knock them. They have been the benchmark team all season. I don't think it'll be a. I don't think it'll be a sweep, and I don't think it'll be a walkover. I think it'll be competitive. And if New Zealand, if they can, one team can sneak one of their away wins, it'll be really set the the series up. That uh, should be good. Good viewing. I'll, I'll have a look. Watch this space. As I said, it starts next next Friday night in, in Sydney. So all games are on ESPN in in Australia, KO and ESPN. So get it, get in there and watch it. Should be some really competitive basketball. So it's it's all happening next weekend. So next weekend we've got the NRL starts, the NBL finals, and the next test against India. Yeah, big big weekend of sport for us. Huge. While we're on basketball, I thought I haven't mentioned a lot, but I thought I'd just give a bit of a WNBL, the Women's National Basketball League update. So for those who don't know, the Women's National Basketball League is run separately from the NBL. They're not run by the same people. Uh, the NBL is a private league owned and run by Larry Kesselman, who's a Melbourne property developer under FIBA rules and FIBA sanction, but it's a privately run league, independently owned, etc. Whereas the Women's League is still run and coordinated by Basketball Australia. So in the WNBL, there's eight teams. You've got the Townsville Fire, the um, Southside Flyers from Melbourne. You've got the Melbourne Boomers, Bendigo Spirit, Perth Lynx, Sydney Flames, Adelaide Lightning, and the University of Canberra Capitals. So it's only an eight-team competition. They are they haven't finished yet. They're actually played about 19 games. They've got about eight games to go for each club. So they've got another couple of weeks to go. At the moment, um, and it's the top four that go through the semifinals. At the moment, you've got the Townsville Fire on top, followed by the Flyers. Now, that's who Lauren Jackson was playing before, before she got injured. Followed by the Melbourne Boomers, who won it last year, the defending champions, and the Bendigo Spirit are currently in fourth. 
But one of the form teams is Perth. They're coming good, so they could sneak in. But Townsville and Southside Flyers are the two standout teams, and I would expect the final to be between those two moving forward. So I thought I'd give a little WNBL wrap every week. Yeah, now, sure. We're getting to the sure. business end and just keep an eye on that a bit more. Uh, for going to North America now with the NBA, we had the dra- the circus that was the the draft. Uh, all, oh, sorry, the start. No, the all star. And it oh seriously, it was I. It was pathetic. It was dreadful. Well, normally they say it's good, and people, the real supporters like yourself hate it. But but that oh, was terrible. But all of them was. But all the media was over there was saying how pathetic. If you've seen it any of the media, social media, and even like your peripheral of basketball, you would have seen it, it was dreadful. The Harlem Globetrotters game that you and I went to see was more competitive than this game. That's how bad it was. It was dreadful. And look, a lot of the podcasts I listen to is about the theme this week has been what do they do to reinvent it because it doesn't work. And, and one of the, one of the things I like, and they may do this, is instead of having All-Star have the USA versus the rest of the world. That would be good. Because there's so many good international yeah. players now. You know, you think Gian, uh, Giannis Anatokounmpo from um, Milwaukee. You've got Nikola Jokic, who's the favourite for MVP in one of the last two years. You've got Luka Doncic. You know, there's a whole spread of European and Australian players that could make up that international team. And I think that would For make sure. it competitive because the, Amer- the Americans wouldn't like losing. The Americans, by nature, don't like losing. So that no, I, I, it wouldn't not. be full full blown, but they would hate losing to a world team. So I think that would add a bit of competitiveness to us. So I don't know where they'll go that way, but I think that's something they could try. Be better than the product they're, they're dishing up, though. Oh, what, it's disgusting. It, it's disgraceful. It was just, and I heard. I think it was Andrew Bogut's podcast. I saw thirty seconds of it. Uh, you, that was more probably than you needed to see, to be honest. I was listening to Andrew Bogut's podcast, who does once a week, and he was saying that the tickets in the upper bowl were like three thousand dollars a head for that. Now, if you're you know binocular level three thousand dollars, that's disgraceful. That's just ripping. I was going to say that's just taking see a that. for a ride. That's taking the like, piss. That's what I noticed, Greg. The thirty seconds I watched, you know, it was packed, and I'm thinking, and they wouldn't be giving those seats away. No, they're they're outrageously expensive. So, I, I think. The media have certainly picked up on that it's not a not a good product at the moment, and the interest will wane. So there's a lot of conversation about what it's going to look like. So watch this space, I say, because I think it will change. If not next year, the year after, there'll be some changes, tweaks to it to bring back some genuine interest. And I suggest the NBA are more sorry, interrupt you more more proactive. Unlike the NRL, where the city country was a farce, and they said, yeah, yeah, we'll do something, and it kept going for 25 years. And they still they just end up scrapping and not doing anything with it. They just scrapped it in the end. So. And look, they're not going to scrap the All-Star game. I don't think they'll scrap it. I have to see what it looks like in the future. But I think there'll be changes and tweaks made to it. Yeah, well, I hope so. Because they can't, yeah, it's it's just not good enough what they not, dished not up. Not a product at all. That said, we get back into the season again tomorrow. And regular, it's getting business end now after All-Star break. Most teams have about 20, 25 games to go. So I thought I'd run through the two ladders just very quickly and do an update every week now. Sure. So the way the NBA works, for those who don't know, it's split into two conferences. There's an Eastern conference and a western conference there's 15 teams in each conference at the end of the season the top six teams are guaranteed a playoff berth eight to uh seven eight nine and ten competing what's a playoff a play in series so the those four teams do a play in series for the final two playoff spots so the top six guaranteed seven eight nine and ten then do a mini playoff if you want to play in series in both conferences for the last two spots right so at this stage the top six in the east are Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers, Cleveland Cavalier, Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks are the top six. The play-in would be right now for the start of tomorrow with Miami Heat, Atlanta Hawks, Washington Wizards, and Toronto Raptors would be the top right. 
they're the top ten. What the hell are the Knicks doing winning games? I know they're 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 they're, they're about at the moment. They're not too bad. They're oh, going okay. about time. Yeah, well, it's been a long dry spell for the Knicks for such a big market team. They've been not been good. In the West, we've got Denver Nuggets, Memphis Grizzlies, Sacramento Kings, third place. Now, there's a bit of a highlight story. Yes, team not to be in the playoffs. So Sacramento, third place at the moment. L.A. Clippers, Phoenix Suns, and the Dallas Mavericks are the top six. Then in the next four, seven to ten, you've got uh, New Orleans Pelicans, Minnesota Timberwolves, Gold State Warriors, and OKC Thunder scraping in their intense spot at the moment. So right. you will obviously mission there is the Lakers, not even in it. They're in the they're in thirteenth as we go into the right. So they got they got a fair bit of work to do. The Lakers made some major trades to the trade deadline, so they got a very different team. So they could they could get up there. Uh, I don't think they'll win it, but I think they will make the play in by the time we get there. But I'll give a more... I thought I'd go through the table each week now as we get to the business end of it and just track where those teams are um, travelling. And once they start locking in, because they start locking in places, guaranteed playoff spots soon, and they give all that sort of stuff. So keep that up to date. But, you know, in the East, it's certainly Boston and Milwaukee are the standout teams. They're, they're on fire, both of those. Yep. And in the West, Denver are the standout team at the moment. But obviously Phoenix now have Kevin Durant, so I think that you'll see Phoenix once they gel with um, Devin Booker and Paul, um, what's his name, the point guard? Can't think of his name, now mental blank, but the point guard for Phoenix, can't think of his name, that's terrible. But I think once they gel, they'll, they'll, you'll see Phoenix rise up in the next few weeks as well. So there's a lot of movement around there, but yeah, I'll, I'll do a bit of a you know, NBA update every week now. In, in terms of the Aussies, Josh Giddy for OKC has been the standout week in and week out. He's performing amazingly. Josh, yeah, he's gone. He's yeah, gone really Josh well, Green, who plays for Dallas, has hit the starting five and putting in some really good minutes and starting to score some points. So he's cemented his spot in the starting five now. Dyson Daniels for New Orleans, who was a rookie but has been injured, had a sore ankle, but I think he comes back this week. I think he's back tomorrow, I read. So it'll be interesting to see if he comes good again. Joe okay. Ingles is starting to get minutes again for Milwaukee, coming off his ACL and obviously moved from Utah to Milwaukee as a like sixth, seventh man. But yeah, good rotation player, good three-point shooter. So he's getting serious minutes and starting to come good. Paddy Mills has sadly fallen right out of the rotation. Bit sad. Oh, that's east. Yeah. Ben Simmons is just a disaster. I don't even know where to start with Ben Simmons in Brooklyn. He, he's out of the starting five now. No, he's on max money and he's not even the starting five. He's, really? he's only playing about 16 minutes a game at the moment. So a bit sad what's happened to Ben. I don't know what where they go with that. Um, and Jock Landale in Phoenix has sort of been up and down, just finding his position in the rotation with the team changes. So he gets minutes, but he's like their backup centre. He's a, right. I think he's a really good Australian and we'll find a place there that's working out where he fits. But he gets you know good, good backup minutes, 15, 16, 20 minutes a game. So... All right. So we're well represented. So I'll try and do a bit of Australian take each week. Yeah. Um, you've got Delhi in Sacramento. He's he's there for his leadership, his vet leadership. Not so many. He gets garbage minutes, but in terms of why they brought him in, it was that experience that you know he won a championship with Cleveland, played with LeBron all those years with Cleveland, and I think the coach Mike Brown was the coach of Cleveland at that point. So took him to Sacramento, off him the opportunity to Sacramento, but it's a culture thing. And I think, you know, they're third. So what he's done with the team, I'm not saying it's all deadly, well, he's doing but something, I, right? I don't think having that experience at training and on the bench is hurt, put it that way. Oh, no, not at all. So you know, setting the example. Give a bit of a, you know, NBA update and then a bit of around the grounds how the Australians are travelling. Because you, oh, Matisse Thibault, that's the other one, got um, who was a standout for us at the Olympics. We got traded from... Philly to Portland and has played two games and was outstanding in both of them. Yeah, really good, really good trade to the Trailblazers in the starting five over there. He's a defensive specialist. 
uh, has got a shot that's improving, but really they've got him in for his energy and his defence and had two really good games. First two games were outstanding. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give a bit of an Aussie update as we go around the NBA too. So, yeah, good good time for basketball. No, very, very busy time. No, it's great, isn't it? There's always some season that's finished. That's about the start. and some... One rolls into the next and I love it. Yeah, it's good. Oh, that's right. You can ne- never have too much of it. Now, Greg... We're going to have a shorter episode this evening because, as I said, we're, we're busily gathering information for our massive NRL preview next week. Yes. So, yeah, because we don't want to, you know, we don't just want to talk, talk, well, we, we will talk rubbish, but we don't want to talk, you know, we want some stats to back it up and, and, and things like that. So, we will yeah, do our research. And what we'll probably do is, yeah, we'll give our both of our top eights and who we think will miss the eight and who you think will get. We know who your bet is for the wooden spoon. Oh, uh, I. Something big's happening this week to change my mind because I think they're in for it. But anyway, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll put, both put in our top eights and wooden spoon and things like that. Um, as I said, the, we'll preview the test match, we'll preview the basketball, but those things won't have started. So it's a really good opportunity to have a really bit of a dive and a chat about what we think is going to happen in the NRL before the season starts on the weekend. Yeah, and then we, and we'll follow the next week. We've maybe not quite as in-depth, but we'll certainly have a look at the AFL. Chat about the AFL. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Sounds very good. So and we'll also have a... A chat about the EP, EPL and the A League next week. We must check catch up on the EPL and the A League. I agree. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll certainly do that. Excellent. All right. So slightly shorter, maybe. I don't know what the timing's up to, but it's amazing how much gibberish, gibberish we can muster. Absolutely, absolutely. No. Now, now, have you checked out? I, I think the new episode of Lauren Jackson. I think it's up on the Howie Games now. I have not heard it yet, but it will be a a definite of mine. So I will. Yeah, I think it came up today. I, I think it came to... up on my feed okay. today. No, I haven't listened to it yet. I'm sure sure you'll get around to it. But it's one I must get into because I just, you know how much I rate Lauren Jackson. I just think she's phenomenal yeah. and he's a great journalist. So great combo as far as I'm yeah. concerned in terms of talking sport. And a little bit, there's little, um, what do they call it, promo I heard. Yeah, and obviously they're just getting right into what happened. You know, how how... How she was a pro, oh yeah. How she got to think that she could possibly go and all that, you know, the journey. I guess is what I'm trying to say to get to the world championship. So certainly fascinating to me, but any sports lover, I think, would enjoy that story for sure. All right, Greg. Well, thank you to our listeners for all right, mate. Well, thank you for tuning in for a shorter one. Look, next, as I said, next week the, the footy season starts. We're ch- chopping at the bit already, and you know, really looking forward to it. We are. We are. A good season. They come around pretty quick, don't they? They really do. You know, it doesn't seem that long ago. We're talking about the grand final. Now we're ready to do the new season. So it really does come around quick, doesn't it, these days? comes around quick. And, you know, a few weeks in, it'll be about who's who looks ordinary, who doesn't. And before you know it, the Australia of Origin rolls around. It does. Which coach is under the microscope? Who's been sacked? Who? All those sort of things. And they're all guaranteed to happen, let's be honest. I do love this time of year where there's 17 premier premier premiers running around every supporters they all think their team's the one well let's be honest everyone starts on an even playing field it's all, all changes from there but everyone's even on the first week that's right and of course every player reports every single squad member is training the house down unbelievable energy at all training sessions not sure how, how do you train a house down just out of interest i don't know hmm. but anyway no but, but bring it on it's great but yeah, you know, despite being flippant, it's it's great, isn't it? Everyone gets excited. You know, everyone, as you said, everyone's even. Although technically, the Tigers should be on minus four because you're always penciling two losses to Parramatta each year. They might surprise you. So you know, we really well. We actually did beat Parramatta one game last year. So yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I, I am being a little bit harsh. 
But yeah, no, very, very excited about it. And and also, like all footy supporters know, and gives us plenty to whinge about as well. Definitely. It won't take long to we're whinging about the commentators, whinging about the referees, whinging about journalists. So true, so true. But I say bring it on. Yeah, that's right. Game that keeps on giving. All right. All right, mate. Well, I think that will do us for this week. Okay. Uh, yeah, and our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Um, and our juniors, it's getting in it's sort of cricket finals time. I know locally around where I live. So good luck to anyone involved involved with that. Yeah, if you're into the fi- cricket finals, good luck to you on the weekend. Yep, this business business end of the season. And yeah, whatever sport you're watching, you know, enjoy. Sit back and enjoy. All right, Greg. All right, Gray. I will catch you again next week. Okay, look forward to it, Greg. All right, thanks, mate. Thanks, everyone. Okay, thanks, everyone. <laughs>